What is good, everyone? This is your host, Deanna Kempel of Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. I'm very excited. We have a very special guest. Let me introduce you to you, Katrina Rohde. She is the, an author, and entrepreneur coach, and the founder of The Corporate Breakup. Katrina, I've been so excited to record this episode with you and listen to your story and share it with the audience. Can you please introduce yourself and to the, tell the audience a little bit about your background? Sure. Katrina Roddy, best-selling author of Steal Your Skills from Corporate. And I'm also an entrepreneur coach. I coach mostly women on the mindset it takes to transition out of corporate into becoming what I like to say, the CEO of your life as a new entrepreneur. Yeah. Um, I spent 30 years in corporate America and I started at a very young age. And by the time I got to a point where I was laid off, um, I decided, you know, I made a conscious decision not to go back. And I had an entrepreneur spirit. So what I did was took my 30 years of experience, married it to my entrepreneur spirit and became a coach. And I help people transition through that now. That's amazing. You know, before we started recording, we talked about a little bit about my entrepreneur background. And that's a very hard transition, I feel like, for a lot of people when they're so used to the corporate world and, and having to go out and take that chance and take that risk just on themselves. What do you think... or? What do you think is the hardest thing for people to, to get through when it comes to doing something like that? So I know, especially, and this goes back to me as well, it's extremely hard because think about this. You're in corporate. They tell you when to go to lunch. They tell you who your clients are. They tell you what time to come in, what time to leave, how much time to spend on a the project. They tell you all of this stuff. And when you become an entrepreneur, you got all this free time and you don't know how to, how to mess, how to put it together so that you can get your work done. You're used to people telling you what to do. So you have to take the initiative to say, I have to do this. Yeah. I have to do that. That's why time management becomes so important and setting boundaries become important. When you're first out of corporate, you feel like I'm free. Yeah. And then you're like, I'm free. Like, what do I do? I, I, I need to feel like I'm worth something and I'm doing something. So I think that's the hardest part. And along with that, Deanna, is the transition. For me, and I, I'm very vulnerable and I tell my story. After I left, I cried the entire year because I felt like I didn't fit in. I don't fit in. I'm on, you know, I felt unworthy because I was always tied to a title. And this is yeah. how I introduced myself. And I couldn't introduce myself anymore because I didn't have anything. And so a lot of times people don't understand is that when I coach people, I coach them through their skills, right? Because of my book, their skills, the eight steps. But what I really dig deep in is the fear of transition. And that's what a lot of people have. That's, that's amazing. I mean, thank you for sharing that. I, so as I said, before we started recording, I, you know, after my husband passed, I had to get a, get into the corporate world. And it was very hard for me from going entrepreneur lifestyle. I mean, I was a, I'm a, I am a hustler. I work my butt off. I will work myself into the ground regardless, you know? Yeah. So this after last year with everything thing that happened with COVID, I've lost my corporate job and, and it, and it is a little, I got adjust. I started adjusting, even though I had my own businesses aside from being in corporate, yeah. I had like, I've had to adjust my, my, like my frame of mind around like now, okay, I've been unemployed for a couple of months now. And you know, honestly, I don't want to have to go back. Yeah. <laughs> I'm trying to hustle in every different area that I've, that I've got going on. So I don't have to, but you're right. It is when you have been in that type of structure for so long and, you know, you tell people, oh yeah, I work for so-and-so and this is what I do. 
and even though you do have all these other side hustles going on, you are still labeled. Yes. By that corporate job. And so living label free, um, it can be quite the adjustment and you have to go through some internal struggles to get to a place to where you're okay. It's a mindset reset. It really is. You know, I tell people don't shy away from the emotion, feel it, like feel what it feels like. And that's just like, you know, if anyone who, um, you know, maybe if they were uh, attached to some type of drug or they're, they're, they could be taking that because they don't want to feel it. They don't want to yes. feel the pain that comes with it. So I tell people, go through that, feel the pain that comes with it. And then once you get out of it, you have to, I like to use the acronym, make moves. So moves is an acronym for you have to have a mindset reset. And that comes through, for me, it came through meditation, exercise, boxing, like just stuff yes. to get me going and, you know, make me feel good about some things. Um, eating the right things, all of that plays into a mindset. And then the second thing is own your own time. Like forget about what it was and is, it's two different things. Just because you were a SVP or VP or whatever you called yourself at your job, how about being the CEO of your life? That's bigger than any title that you could ever have. The V part of it is value your relationships. And I say that because you are surrounded with people who support you through this process. So value means I will help you build a board of directors that are around you that can help you. And that's five people. And then E is evaluate your money situation. It goes deep. It goes deep as to why you have this relationship that you have with money. And that kind of comes from my financial background. And I help people with that. And then the biggest part of it all is the S. So moves. And when you get to the S, it's share your story. Like be vulnerable enough to share your story because you don't know who's listening and who can gain from whatever you're going through and applying it to themselves. Oh my gosh. I love that. Why is it so important for someone to, um, if they were, if they're thinking about becoming an entrepreneur to, to actually take that, that step to becoming one? It's important because if not, you're going to stay like, you're going to stay stuck. Yeah. Because there's some type of energy or there's some type of artistic ability that is in you. And every time you take on a new job, you're going to get frustrated again. And every time you can't be free or label free, yeah, you're going to get frustrated again. So if you don't act on it, then you d- you'll never know. Yeah. So I think it's important. And for me, you know, I set out to be an entrepreneur. I don't know. I didn't know what that was or which way it would turn. You know, the book took a whole new turn on its own. You know, I thought my natural progression was to go to become an independent contractor, but that wasn't for me. So I tried, but it still felt like someone was over me and telling me what to do. And even though it was a contract, it still didn't feel right. And then when I became free of all of that, I could use my creative side. I could be creative as I wanted to be and build and work harder. And now I'm working towards something. I pick my own clients. Yeah. If I don't want to work with you, I don't work with you. <laughs> yeah. No, that's great. Oh my gosh. I love it so much. I, I mean, I think that, I think it's so important um, if people, and that's what, why I started the Label Free Podcast. I think that people just pigeonhole themselves in these ideas that they've been programmed. It's like for their whole entire lives and what they're supposed to be. And I think a lot of people live in misery because of that. And yep. they don't realize that they have options. And even though it's a little scary, being facing that fear is part of the process, you know, it's part of becoming um, 
and you might, and I don't really consider it failure if you don't succeed at something. I consider it more of a learning lesson and something not to do. Absolutely. You know, like I got involved in the fashion industry and I spent so much money. I threw a lot of good money after bad. I had a great time. I created some fabulous clothes, but that's not an industry that I really think that I, I want to get in because that you was, you no, but, if you didn't try it, right? Right. Exactly. I chased my, that was my dream for a very long time. I chased it. And I, and, and I was successful in my own right, but not from a monetary standpoint, you know, and, and I was just like, I can't continue to throw money at this. I don't have deep enough pockets. I will end up with nothing, you know? Yeah. So I had to stop, but I learned a lot. I learned a lot and I can look back on that and it's an accomplishment, you know, I mean, it's a huge accomplishment to do that. And I didn't, I didn't die. Like, you know, it was a little, it was a little bruised to my ego at the end of the day, but I got over it and now I, I've moved on to something else, you know? So it's, if you don't try, you're never going to know. And I think that that's, that's the first step is to say, okay, I'm going to try. Yeah, I think it is absolutely the first step. Um, people have these dreams and they have these ideas and if they don't put them into play, they'll always continue to say, what if, yes. what if? you know? And so I always say, you know, I teach on what if, um, there's a what if theory. What if I don't have enough fans? What if I'm not going to make it? What if people are not going to like me? Whatever. And I say, well, what if goes two ways? So what if you do? And what if you succeed? Have you ever looked at that side of it? Yeah. So at least try it so that you can get through that what if stage. Yeah, no, I love that. You have some, a couple of questions here that um, I think I'm going to, ooh, what does it mean to have a corporate breakup? The corporate breakup is a company that I came up with after it's my coaching company. Um, after I started coaching individuals through this, because what happens is what I talked about earlier, when you have a relationship breakup, you may have girlfriends that come over and tell you, let's drink wine, or yeah. tea, whatever <laughs> they come over and they support you through it. And they tell you how to work on yourself before you're able to go out and find somebody else. When you have a corporate breakup, that doesn't happen. Right. Like you're like, you're going to get another job or you're thinking to yourself, I got to get another job. Yes. So the corporate breakup, really what it is, is helping you understand that you have to heal through both relationships. I mean, you have to heal through both type of breakups or any type of breakup yeah. before you move forward. And that's what a lot of my coaching does is help people heal through that. So it became the corporate breakup. It's, um, it's everywhere now. And so I, I have it on new shirt on, Love but it. yeah, it's, it's about healing from the breakup. And you know what I think is interesting is that, you know, before I met you um, through one of the networking events, Tony Peace, we got to plug him really quick. <laughs> and Katrina is actually going to be featured uh, here this week. But um, nobody really talks about that. You know, like we do talk about breakups and all that, but they don't really talk about like that. Just like when you disconnect from something that's so such a big part of your life, because I mean, we spend more time at work than we do with our family members. Yeah. Absolutely. When I started in corporate, I started at the age of 18. So right out of high school into corporate, corporate paid for my colleges through tuition reimbursement. I got my degrees through corporate. So I don't have a lot of college friends. I have corporate friends that I grew up with. And so when you disconnect from all of that, it's like, you know, what do I do? It's not just a breakup from the company itself, but now you, you're breaking up from friends that you may have had now I'm on the phone with my friends who are still in corporate and they're talking corporate jargon. And I'm sitting there like, doo-doo, <laughs> He's like, yeah, I don't have to know all that stuff. I got my own thing going on. <laughs> like, that's my... <laughs> like, 
Yeah, okay. <laughs> but it is a breakup and you have to heal from it. And so that's the key to the corporate breakup is just helping people heal from that. Yeah, because it is, it can be a dysfunctional relationship. Absolutely. It sure can. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I, I really, in some respect, I'm not kind I'm not really employable. <laughs> and I say that in the best possible way, because I really don't, I really don't. You don't fit. I don't. Yeah, I, I don't fit. And I mean, I can make it work and I was successful in it, you know, always, a you know, top, top, um, top performer. But really, if I, if I don't like something, they're going to know, like, <laughs> you know, there was so my last role, I'm not going to they they had implemented something that I felt was really not good. And I and I thought it was really I thought it was um, I thought they were inflating their their um, their balance sheet you know, okay. by telling us to enter, um, even though we did not talk to the client, the client, even though we had not closed the deal, we yeah. were told to enter what that client could be worth. Yeah. And they were reporting that back up the chain. And I'm like, this is That's not right. right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to run a couple of businesses and that is not right. <laughs> You're inflating your balance sheet and, you know, you probably have to report the, all this just to the board and what have you, but yikes and I questioned my boss quite a bit on that and I was just like that something does not seem right about this and and question them, Deanna. <laughs> well I did <laughs> I'm not stupid so I was like I don't want to be responsible for some kind of like whatever I'll <laughs> <laughs> see you on the next episode of American Greed <laughs> oh I, I don't even know what that is is that a show yeah it's a show that comes on about stuff like that <laughs> oh, oh snap. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, I, well, I'm going to tell it like it is. Right. I'm just not I a think, dishonest person. I'm not a dishonest well, person. Towards the end of my career in corporate, I, that's the person I became Good. because I'd saw, I'd seen so much stuff and I'd been in it for so long. And, um, you know, of course you, you have a black woman who's in corporate for 30 years. There were all kinds of things that happened. Sure. And so a lot of times, you know, you just, you tell your story and you tell it so that people can hold on to it. Not in a bad way. I'm never doubting or downplaying the, the corporate people, what, you know, of the life they live in. It just stopped being the, per, the place for me. Right. And so if I can encourage anyone who gets to a position where I am, like I had three layoffs in my career and that that's pretty, that's pretty tough. You know, you go through that and some people go, I heard a guy the other day said he had gone through five. Oh, wow. Like, but a lot of times you go out of it and you don't know how to create your own career or use those skills to create, to be an entrepreneur. So you go back into it and you get frustrated again. Yeah. So it's just a revolving door unless you put a stop to it. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm slowly, but sure, surely. Well, I mean, my, po my podcast is just doing amazing. We just got to figure out how to like increase the, some of these sponsorship opportunities. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I don't have to worry about going back. <laughs> Congratulations on having the number one podcast. I think that's awesome. Yeah, it's pretty cool. I mean, I'm uh, I'm I'm loving every minute. I love to, I love meeting and talking to, to incredible people like you. It's, I think it's so important to tell your story and, and so because you don't know whose life you're going to touch. You don't know who's going to reach out to you, and you're going to make a profound impact in their life. And they're going to go from misery to happy. And and like that to me, when I hear that someone has gotten an opportunity from you know mm -hmm. they're helping someone, it just like it 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 just makes me so happy. Same here. Oh, what? Here's a good one. Okay. What did you learn from your first year as an entrepreneur? 
I learned that when you worked in corporate, you sat in your office and the person next to you sat in their office. You did your job. They did their job. Everybody had a job to do. When you become an entrepreneur, those jobs are your job. You do it all. You do it all. <laughs> and so I, I will tell people and everybody in my circle knows to this day that I, I don't want to do admin stuff. I enjoy talking to people and helping them learn through things. And so admin was never my strength. I know how to do it, but yeah. that doesn't mean I want to. I know how to cut my grass. I don't want to. <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to. So I had to get to a point where I had to learn what to do first, and yeah. then I could start to hire people to help me through it. So I have this lady that works with me now. She's amazing because she knows all systems and how to work them. And I'm like, you know, if you can keep that away from me and keep me talking to people, like, because what I do is a passion and and helping people and coach them through it, then that, that's fine. Yeah. But that's what I learned my first year. I'm like, wait, who has to do that? They're like, you're getting all these clients. You gotta, you gotta keep up with them. Yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah. You work more as an entrepreneur until you get your systems and processes. Until down. you get your system. You down. work more, yeah. more than you ever have in your life. Like, I know. I, I'm telling you, like, yeah. I mean, I'll be recording some days from like, I get up at five and I go until like 11. It's, it's insane, but yeah. I, I love it. I, I, I love every minute of it. It's good stuff. Oh, I like this. Um, okay. You know, you mentioned being in, in um, corporate as 30 year, for 30 years as a black woman in corporate systematic injustices. Oh, so systemic injustice. Systemic, sorry. Yes. I, I read that. Um, <laughs> there, there's a lot, there's a lot. And a lot of times we don't recognize it too. So and I tell people, this is from my perspective in being in corporate insurance. So corporate insurance has always been known to be dominated by white males. I mean, it's not a secret. And I think when I started, they were trying to make the change, you know, and I was part of the change. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I addressed that, but um, I don't feel like they quite made it. Sure. So being in that spot for 30 years, what I started to recognize is that some of my white colleagues would talk about being the CEO of companies or running a division and doing all of those things. But even though the group that I hung out with were very successful, you know, we had these titles, we're very successful, but we never moved out of this one layer. We always stayed in this, what you would call like a mid layer of okay. it. You know, we weren't like at an assistant level. We had SVP, VP titles. We were very successful, very educated, but we never went above that because we didn't see above that. We didn't see other black individuals in those roles to even apply for them or want to apply for them. So it kind of kept us in one little area where I could see some of my white counterparts are asking for it and they're wanting because they can see themselves in it. So sure. you can't get to what you can't see. And right. you don't realize that because you're in it. And then when you take a step back, like I am now and, and look back at it, then you're like, you know what? That, that was part of it. That was yeah. part of it racism you hear it in Hollywood all the time about hiring black actresses and actors to take leading roles because they want more people to see that you can get to that role right it's yeah. the same thing in corporate so you want to you know hire more black individuals and women and like everything just so that they can get to see who's in those roles so that's what I saw yeah that's unfortunate to have to like when you when you leave you see that yeah it's like wow you know yeah Taking yeah. a look back. 
I mean, I know what it's like for a woman, let alone, you know, as a black woman, it's just like, you know, it, it's hard for us, it's like women, period. Women, period, right. <laughs> yeah, it's hard for us, period. And then, then you add another layer to that. And it's just yeah. like, you know. And then if you think about, so I worked in a space of corporate where it's called major accounts. Okay. So our clients were big accounts. Like some of my biggest clients, you know, maybe a post serial or discover card or something like that. They were big clients. And your clients start to change. And when they start to change, if your company is not changing or keeping up with them, then the chances of you getting that account are slim. Yeah. You want to see diversity as well. Sure. If they're changing, you need to keep up with what other people are doing. Yeah. So, well, yeah. I think that's important. I think that the more we move to diversity and more people, there's active, there's more active people making that happen, the better it's going to be. So I, I 100% believe yeah. that. One thing I want companies to know, or even if a small business is diversity is not single. It comes with inclusion. Yeah. So you have to have both. You can't have peanut butter without the jelly. <laughs> you can't have the ham without the burger. <laughs> oh, I love it. Right needs left. So diversity needs inclusion. If you're yeah. going to hire me as a you know diverse individual, you have to be able to include me as well. You're going to hire me as a woman. You have to include me in something as well. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, that, yeah, there's two parts to it. So a quick story and um, I'm going to have you plug all your stuff. So I did an interview for, for a role um, not too long ago and it was, I would have been a perfect fit. Like I had the, my territory was outside sales, what I've done before, you know, I'm great in sales because I'm a very personable person and the territory was the same territory I've worked in the past. And I, and it was um, for HR, um, H, uh, HR resources. Okay. And I had all, what I did before I was in safety. So I, I was already dealing with like HR managers and stuff. So okay. I had already had the contacts for okay. all, for the whole territory. So after I got trained for this company, I would have been like plug and play. I would have been hit the ground running. And the interview was with a younger, younger man. And <clears throat> he, I, I would have been a perfect fit. I would have been a perfect fit. Okay. They said they decided to go in a different direction. And I just thought to myself, it's because I'm a, I'm a strong woman. I think I threatened him. I think I intimidated him because I was just being myself. And like, if, if they're not going to take me how I am, then I don't, I don't want to be in that role. So I was just being my normal self and talking. I did a presentation because I had to do a presentation for the role, yeah. which I actually loved. I thought that was a great, a great step that they added in the interview process. Yeah. But I was just shocked that they decided to go in another direction. I'm like, you know what? This guy's going to hire all men. Yes. <laughs> That's what I thought to myself because he couldn't handle the fact that I was, I was so strong and, you know, maybe a little bit too aggressive for him. And he didn't know how to deal with that. Like if I bring her on my team, how do I include her? How do I, he doesn't know that. So he's going to hire what he knows. And it's, it's unfortunate, Deanna, I've been in that situation several times and it's just, um, it's one of those things where you walk away from it saying, I'm a great salesperson. And, and the thing about it is he's missing out on a boatload of customers because he didn't hire you. Yeah. So it's costing him not to have hired you because now he's missing a whole different demographic of people. Yeah, for so, sure. Same well, on him. 
<laughs> yeah, I'm like, he's what's wrong. Afterwards, I, after I got that, like the next day, I was like, he's what's wrong with corporate. And I'm like, I was so mad. I was actually getting excited to like go back into the in the workforce and do outside sales. I was like, yeah. okay, yeah, I could do this. Outside sales, cool. I could do my could record during my lunch. Yeah. I record afterwards, and then I still feel like I have some freedom because I'm out there meeting people. Yeah, I was shocked. I was shocked, and I just thought to myself, I told my mom, I'm like, it's because I'm a woman. He couldn't yeah. handle how confident I was. In it. And I was like, not necessarily yeah. aggressive, but he could tell that I am aggressive. But that's what you want in a salesperson. <laughs> you were a threat to him, Deanna. <laughs> yes, yes, Katrina, I was. Okay, with that being said, I love what you do. I love what you stand for. Thank Where you. can someone re- find you and reach out to you if they want to hire you to, to, to get through that corporate breakup? So I, you can go to my website at thecorporatebreakup.com. And then you can also find me on the social media platforms. I'm always under at KRoddy65, which is my birthday coming up June 5th. Oh, yay. Oh, yeah. At KRoddy65 is on all my social media platforms, including Clubhouse. I see that. I see that. Yeah. Well, I will put all the links in the description of the episode. Before we come to a close, is there any last words that you'd like to leave with the audience? I would like to say thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Um, thank you for making Deanna number one. Oh. We, we love that. <laughs> yes, thank you very much. And I appreciate you having the conversation with me. I think it's much needed conversation. Yes. All right. You're awesome. Well, we're gonna, I can't wait to um, see your do your presentation this week. You guys, thank this you. is your host, Deanna Kempel with Label Free Podcast. To live your best life, you must live label free. Please don't forget to subscribe, like, comment, and share. And I'll be back soon with more dynamic guests.